Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen. And today, and we are going to chat all about the Ayurvedic winter tips for the Vata season. All right. So winter is about to be here officially. Um, and I, again, I live in Minnesota. And so we experience all four seasons. And um, this, this podcast in particular is going to be for people who experience um, two different phases of winter. So what I mean by that, I'm going to just kind of break down what this looks like. And you'll kind of know if your state or maybe your country, because I know I have international listeners as well, um, goes through and experiences this. So what that might look like this early season or the Vata season, um, it's going to be pretty cold. There's going to be maybe a lot of snow and it's going to be kind of tightly packed and um, it's not, it's not too damp of snow. Um, it might be lighter snow, uh, if you have snow at all, because some of the States don't get snow or don't get a ton of it. That doesn't mean you don't experience the Vata season for you. It might look like extra wind. Um, you might have some cold rain could be sleet could freeze. All of those things can be that Vata dosha. And then now the flip side, the later side of the winter season, it can be the heavy snow. It can be the wet snow. Um, it can be the rain where, you know, you are now flooding, um, in states that don't get a ton of snow. There might be again, like in the spring, like we have the hurricanes come through those type of things are going to be that, that kapha energy, that heavier, denser energy. And so I just actually, and the reason I want to bring this up, cause I got off a call with one of my clients and she lives in Hawaii they experience a completely different season there. Um, they don't really have a ton of this Vata going on in the atmosphere. Um, cause she just recently moved there and we kind of discussed what it was like in Northern California compared to Hawaii and what that looked like. And so from that perspective, Hawaii is very Kafa pretty much the entire winter. And so for her, she's, she felt that already, um, because I've been working with her for, you know, a few years here and, um, she could pick up that energy. And so, and then I had her to kind of describe what's going on and what she felt. And it is very Kafa. And at this time of the year, if it isn't, if it doesn't have that Vata in there, it's not going to come, you know, in let's say February or March. So that could be the same for where you live. If you felt like, no, I very much resonate with what you said on the back end, that Kafa, the heavy, the dense, the moistness in the air, that's all that Kafa energy. The Vata is very dry. So I already can tell like my skin is so dry right now. Um, my like constipation can be something that people battle with right now, just the dry internally as well. And so that's why the Abhinyanga is practiced during this season. Um, and maybe less of the dry brushing in the dry weathered States, because just, you know, you feel it in the air, you feel it. Um, you need your humidifiers on at night, you know, just to kind of, especially if you have kiddos that helps bring some moisture into the air. So that's a little bit about what's going on outside because that's all what's going on inside as well. You know, that cold wind, the cool breeze, all of that stuff, the dryness, um, you know, your hair might start to feel dry. Um, that's all happening outside. You know, I have trees that are that are. We have a dead tree in our front yard um, and its branches are just breaking off. You know, that's the dryness in the air to just randomly will just drop a huge branch. So all of that to say, that's the season we're in for most of us here. So with that being said, how do we combat that Vata? And so when we look at Ayurveda, we always treat the Vata dosha first. So if we feel an imbalance between Vata and let's say our Pitta dosha, we would treat Vata. We don't need to dive into Pitta until the Vata is treated first. So that's why this is a very important topic to discuss. 
So keeping your Agni high. And what is Agni? Agni is your digestion. So we want to make sure that digestive fire is going. Um, warm, moist foods, they're easier to digest. And um, it helps remove the ama, which is toxins in the body. And so sometimes if you wake up in the morning, and I know I've talked about this on the past, but when your tongue feels really coated or you have a big, strong white coat on the top of your tongue, that's usually means whatever you ate the night before didn't get digested properly. And so that's kind of your first sign to say, okay, what did I have yesterday? Oh, my body didn't like that. I got to make sure I'm eating um, foods that I can digest today, or even maybe having some soups for dinner, some bone broth, something light to make sure that my digestion does not um, back up. Cause that's the first sign of disease as well in Ayurveda is if the bowel movements are thrown off or um, something that's not regular for you. Uh, so let's say, for example, like, again, myself, I'm prone to constipation. Like that's not for me. It's not a red flag for me. If I'm constipated for a couple of days, just because that is just been my natural, um, my natural movements, I guess. Uh, but if they started to be more loose stools or, um, more like, again, the moisture in the stools, those type of things, that's not normal for me. And so that would be red flags for me to know, Ooh, I got to make sure that I keep my Agni high because I could be coming down with something. So that's just something to look at for your own uh, movements. Next one, sipping on warm tea or water throughout your day. So again, that moisture, that warm, um, that warmth on the throat that can really help soothe some of the throat stuff that, you know, can go around. And if it's really cold out the vocal cords and you're drinking really cold water or really like, um, let's say something from the fridge, that's going to be really hard on the throat. You know, it's just, I know for me, like I do a lot of talking and coaching throughout my day and then having the podcast, I do a lot of talking. And so I know I need that warmth on my throat. So I don't overdo things there. So really just tuning into yourself and your, your body and your needs there. Um, taking warm baths. So this one is one of my favorites, you know, um, I usually have been, I've been incorporating this like probably at four or four 30 before I have my, my, um, dinner. Like I'm just hopping on the bathtub. If I feel like I want a bath. Um, and it's just cause it's just nice and warm and I put on some candles and maybe I'll read a book. Maybe I'll, um, have my iPad in there and just put on a, one of my favorite shows that I can never watch that sort of thing. Just make it fun. Um, so take care of you. And that's all, again, it's grounding to that Vata dosha getting to bed early. And this is pretty much every season, but especially in the winter, it's darker earlier. So it's not uncommon for myself to go to bed between, you know, eight 30 and nine, like sleeping. Um, and so going to bed by 10 is still ideal. And if you feel like you want to go to bed earlier, go ahead. Um, I think sometimes we think we're weird for going to bed so early, but I will tell you quite a few of my clients, we all go to bed around eight 30, um, in the winter. And that is, that is not, um, an uncommon thing. That's our body's natural, um, kind of signal to us saying, Hey, I'm tired. It's dark outside. I don't have a lot of energy. I'm kind of in this winter hibernation mode. I want the extra sleep. And again, that Vata dosha needs the most sleep. And if we're in the Vata season, we really want to make sure we're, we're honoring that in our bodies. Next dressing in layers. So you're getting outside, make sure you cover your head. Um, you know, again, that wind will go through. And so I always have a hat on, or I have my little, um, the earmuff thing that goes around your head or mittens, all of those things to make sure you stay warm. 
um, and avoiding raw or cold foods. So again, the uncooked veggies are hard to digest soups, stews, um, and even just cooking lightly cooking your salad. I love a, a salad, but I love a salad cooked. You know, if I do get a salad, which is very rare, um, but if I ever do, um, like in those round bowls, you know, um, Trader Joe's has some really good ones. And so what I used to do is I would just sprinkle in, um, put in a little oil, I usually use avocado oil. And then I just lightly saute my salad and it's great. I just need that little bit um, of bite taken out of it so I can digest it better. I need that moisture in the food. Um, and then giving yourself a massage every morning. So Abhinyanga, which I talked about a little bit earlier, that helps increase the circulation in your body. Um, it helps ground and warm that vata and also moves any stuck or stagnant kapha dosha. Being a home buddy, make sure you spend some time at home. You know, like we don't need to run out and say yes to every, you know, holiday gathering. It's, it's good to stay home. It's also good. And I will say just with an asterisk, just from the past year and a half, if you feel comfortable and you really want to go to some parties because you haven't been out in a year and a half, do it. You know, that's also something to honor because this has been, you know, a weird almost two years. So that, you know, yes, be a home buddy, but Hey, if you've been home for a long time and you feel comfortable to go out to that party, maybe that's what you need more. Uh, next move your body in repetitive movements. Um, so dance is a great example of this. Uh, I have been digging and I've talked about it a lot on my Instagram stories and in my newsletters, the class, and it's just called the class and it's by Taryn Toomey. Um, and I have literally been doing it probably for the last month, almost every day I do a class and it's repetitive movements. And it's, I'm like, no wonder I'm digging it right now. Cause it's grounding to my Vata dosha. We repeat the same movement for potentially five minutes. You know, it's usually one song and we do the same movement over and over. And then the instructor, um, you know, says some motivational stuff helps you get out of your head into your body. And it's wonderful. You know, it's something that I need right now. And that's one of the grounding practices that I've incorporated. So anything like that, you know, maybe you, if you don't want to join, you know, an online workout thing, if that's not, if that's not your jam, um, you know, go to your Spotify and find a five minute song and then just start to do squats for five minutes and just see what comes up. Cause typically what's coming up when we have the repetitive movements is old stories and old patterns. Um, and the first time I did it, I was like, oh my goodness, I have so much stuff that I didn't know I had these stories that I would repeatedly tell myself. Um, I discovered that the, the very first, and I've actually finally come around to being able to push through this, but the very first, uh, well, probably over a year ago now that I started this, I could not make it through like a five minute song without needing to stop for certain moves. And they were usually smaller moves, you know, like stuff that I am like, I lift weights. I should in quotations, you know, be able to do this. Why can I not make it through a song? It just burns so bad. And I couldn't push through the burning, which then if I reflect, I'm like, yeah, this is like life. I don't like to push through some of the burning or when it gets hard, sometimes I run instead of saying, you know what, feet to the fire, let's keep going. Let's work through some of this uncomfortable feelings that are coming up right now. And so for me, the class has really been able to um, do that for me. It's helping me burn off some of that energy of wanting to run when things get hard, you know, not only in the workout, but then that, that carries over into my life. Like, where can I push myself when it feels a little uncomfortable? And I feel like, Ooh, am I bothering, you know, people by doing, well, posting reels, you know, on Instagram, is this, you know, I had this story. I'm like, Ooh, is this too much? Am I too much? Instead of just being like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just put the feet to the fire and just 
go. And so that's kind of the, that's what I've been learning, um, I guess, from my experience there. And so it's a wonderful tool I find for the Vata Dosha. All right. Last practice, um, mindfulness. So this is, this is really key for grounding through that Vata Dosha. And I know a lot of people have been feeling really ungrounded and scattered, um, because things have opened up and potentially will close up again. And who knows? And I mean, there's so much scattered energy going on. And so if we pick up and, uh, you know, draw in are drawn into it, we're going to be drawn into just scattered, anxious energy. So making time to meditate, practice yoga, nidra, pranayam, going for a walk in nature, um, you know, how can you feel grounded? And it really is going to be, it could be different every single day, but make space for that. So I've added in a third mindfulness practice, you know, in my morning, in my midday check-in, and then now in the evening, because I find it, I really need a three touch point right now. And that could increase. That could be three. It could increase to five, you know, in a month or so it just depends on how I feel. And those touch points, like my morning one is probably my longest at 15 minutes. Although when I do a yoga nidra in the afternoon, that that's a 20 minute to 30 minute practice. And then again, in the evening, it's usually just like a quick five minute check-in. Um, and so that's something that maybe you want to explore. How can you add in some of this mindfulness practices so you can really dive deep into mm, what's pulling up my heart? What's, what's going on here? Um, how can I sit with maybe some of the uncomfortable feelings that came up during your, you know, workout? Okay. So if these are, you know, things that interest you start again, don't do them all start with whatever you felt pulled to, and then just go on from there. That does not mean you do all of these things. And I am really all about not needing to do everything perfect. Cause I think sometimes what I'm finding is people dive into, you know, an Ayurvedic lifestyle and think that everything has to match up and be in alignment. That's just not true you know, cause then that's just another dogmatic set of rules we're following instead of trusting our intuition at the end of the day, when I'm sharing, it's all in it's, it's intuitive. There's some intuition here with it. Yes. There's a science and yes, there's reasons behind everything I shared, but at the end of the day, you have to decide what's best for you. Cause that's where the magic is in Ayurveda. It's not a blanket. Everyone needs to do this. You know, as I said earlier with the client in Hawaii, you know, for her to follow this, it doesn't necessarily make sense to do all these practices. Cause that's not what's going on around her. That's not what nature is telling her to do. So if you are in these, um, you know, cold weather Vata state right now, I do have a free Ayurvedic winter guide and I have some Ayurvedic winter tips. I have two winter recipes, a yoga and a workout um, practice to pacify the Vata dosha and my favorite, which I've already had so many people say they loved it, the seasonal transition meditation. So it's helping you transition from that fall season into the winter season and really being okay with that. Cause I know the winter can be a really tough season for a lot of us. So I really wanted to make a meditation to ground us into it. So that's what I have for you, um, today. And my challenge would be, you know, what practice do you want to add in? What's going to fuel your mind, body, and soul this week. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.